Well, hold on. Most importantly, uh, what are we doing about Team Jazz intro forever? Which is a trending hashtag in the surviving no, creativity. Not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> if we say it enough, we could speak it into uh, being reality. I'm not- <laughs> there are there are at least. Hold on, let me click on the hashtag. There are at least more than there are one or more people. There's a non-zero number of people <laughs> hashtagging Team Jazz intro forever. Uh, uh, okay. Hold on. Let's start the podcast officially. Are you not um, recording? Yeah, no, we're recording. Oh, good. Because uh, there needs to be at least seven and a half minutes of jazz <laughs> intro. I mean, I'm not editing this, so I don't get a stay. No, I listen. Uh, here's here's the problem. Tell me. I think the jazz intro was great before for two reasons. Yeah. One, it was a bit because I was always against it. Right. Yeah. Which will not continue moving forward. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm against it, but I won't have you guys on every week to have a right. bit with. Right, right. And two, that is a pre-COVID theme, man. I that's think true. that's a little audacious for the middle of a pandemic. You're not wrong. Yeah. I think that I think that um it it's not even that it's uh, audacious at this point uh, moving forward me thinking about what the format's going to be. This is the podcast where all of our loyal listeners come back to discover that that thing they love that they missed is coming it's back. And it's not going to be anything like it was before. <laughs> um, it's totally maybe different. that's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, Is this going to be the first one back? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Good. So let's let's tell everybody what we've got planned or what you've got planned moving forward for surviving creativity. So, well, do we do that now or at the end? Because if we do it now, they're going to bail if they don't like it. They just no, they <laughs> won't bail. Out bail right away. No, they won't bail. Okay. Uh, so, so for the last uh three years, we have not posted surviving creativity. That's accurate. And um. A lot's happened in those three years in each of our personal lives, um, including a global pandemic, because one of the things I want to talk to people about now is how they basically survived the last year of the pandemic on the podcast. And Brad said, if you don't call this surviving creativity, I'm going to be really pissed. Yeah. 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 So with Brad's blessing, I decided to revive surviving creativity as an interview show where I talk to the many creators that I've met and befriended and worked with over the last two decades (laughs) and basically find out how they survived the last year. Yeah. But I wanted to start with you guys as a transitional way um, for two reasons. One, I want everyone to hear what you've been doing for the last year or the last three years. Listeners of the podcast. And then also it's a way of bridging the old show to the to the new show. So I'm interested in this because uh, 
in in your new format because I was thinking a lot uh, the last couple of days since you talked to us about this about what surviving creativity would have been like the show we were doing had we continued doing it. And I'm telling you, mm. I don't think we would have gotten through I the don't. last administration and the pandemic, knowing the oh, three no of us way. personally and the the space that we were in mentally and mm. how much trouble we three were having surviving creativity to come and do a show that is that is generally pretty positive and upbeat and and fun during the last four years of the of everything's going on. That yeah. last year was hard. And that was only yeah. the first year of the administration that hurt all of us <laughs> in various ways. And then throw the pandemic yeah. in for shits and giggles, and we wouldn't yeah. have made it. It would it would have been a horrible podcast that no one wanted to listen to. I, for <laughs> real. It would have been bad. Promoting their situations. <laughs> well, and and I bring that up because you know, you're gonna go talk to people about how did you basically how did you make it through this pandemic, which is not even over yet. And yeah. You know, I'm very interested to see because I know you'll be able to do it. I'm very interested to see what it is that uh, how you get around that. Like, because I know there's going to be sad stories, but there's also going to be happy, funny stuff. I'm going to be interested yeah, to see well, how you get around that. Probably because uh, there's hope now. I think yeah, that if we yeah, were yeah. in the middle of it, it would be different. We have a new administration that isn't as terrifying. Vaccines are rolling out you know, people are going back to school. It's just, it's, it's, it feels uh, different. And, and certainly I think that if we had done this in the middle of the last three years, it would have been like, you know, uh, well, uh, so when I do word balloons, uh, what I like to do is <laughs> I like to hand draw them. I know Brad uses clips, studio paint. Um, but what I do is my word balloons, is I, I, I select a brush, any brush will do, but I use my drawing brush. And then I don't give a shit because there are insurrectionists rushing the Capitol <laughs> and Trump is encouraging them. And I don't know if we're going to have a democracy tomorrow. So who gives a fuck about word balloons? Yeah. And that would have ended the and then everybody throws their microphones down and walks out of the building. And then Corey would have said, I can't edit this. It wouldn't have gone up. No. So let's catch up because it has been three years. And I was, we were trying to figure out before. So the last time we posted a surviving creativity was April of 2018. So it was pretty much exactly three years ago. Yep. And I, I, I know where I was in April of 2018. I know I wasn't recording. So it's been even longer since we've recorded. Yeah. So Brad, like what is what have you done? What's changed in the last three years for you? And I was trying to figure out if you had already started posting erotica at that point. I think I yeah I was at probably near the beginning uh, of posting uh, not safe for work at that point. Probably just dipping a toe at that point into uh, into into smut. <laughs> The smut, smut. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> had we? I feel like we had talked. We had mentioned did we, we ever do a podcast about it. I don't think we did a full episode. I'm looking at old tracks right now to try and figure out. But we had at the very least we had mentioned it because and correct me if I'm doing some kind of revisionist history here, Brad. But if I remember yeah. correctly, you had kind of been like, 
well, I think I want to do this. And Scott and I had basically said, shut the fuck up and put the dick in the vagina and let's get on with this. <laughs> or or in yeah, anything, I, listen, whatever hole you want to go in, that's fine. Or don't, that's fine too. But we we had encouraged you to get smutty because you clearly yeah. had an audience that was interested in it and you were interested in doing it, but you had all these reservations. Well, so what happened was, if you remember, and it might it might predate 2018 by a little bit as well. What happened was, I left my day job at, at the newspaper here in 2012 and right. was going full time in comics. And around that same time, uh, the ad, it was about the same time that people started coming up with ad blockers. Remember that? Yeah. And I saw my ad revenue just dry up in front of my eyes. So I had to, and at the same time, Patreon was happening. So I had to kind of figure out, okay, I can see where this is going. <laughs> you know, I can see how this is going to work. And clearly uh, uh, at that point, you, the writing was on the wall. Exclusive content was going to drive Patreon. Right. So I tried, I actually tried a couple of things. I tried a kids only uh, a strip that was called Arch Brothers or Arch Oh, Brothers. I remember, I remember that. that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Yeah. Uh, but it did, it was not a driver. And I, I, I struggled for, for quite a while. And finally I, I, I was like, okay, listen, take a good look at what you've been doing uh, with Evil Inc. since 2005. Uh, all of my humor had a lot of sexual innuendo, had an awful lot of walking up to the line. It was it was a very PG-13 kind of uh, comic. And it's like, okay, uh, what would happen if you just went and, and had some nudity uh, in some adult situations in the comic? And I posted one four-panel strip and made it an exclusive, and my Patreon jumped because the audience that I had already built was it was like I had done, I don't know, 12, 12 years of foreplay. <laughs> you had teased them. You had teased them for 12 years. Yeah. And and they were ready for it. That the audience that I had built was ready for this and they jumped. And of course, at that point, I'm like, well, fuck that. Instead of doing a four-panel strip, this is going to become full stories. And uh I, and and that's really uh, you know, kind of what it took. I had one really uh, uh, keystone moment. I was at a convention in New York, uh, New York Comic Con, and I sat down with uh, I, Phil Folio was there, and of course, mm. uh, we've talked in, in the past among the three of us. Phil's uh, Xenophile was yeah. was uh, a right, was right, an amazing comic because it showed that sex could be clever and funny and happy and joyful, and positive, very and, positive, yeah. And so I, we went out to uh, dinner, uh, just he and I at this uh, Indian restaurant in New York. And I said, I'm thinking about doing this thing, but I, I, I want you to, uh, to give me some, give me your feedback. What, you know, what, what do I have to look forward to? What, what, what are the land uh, mines that I should avoid stepping on? And we talked into the night. And when I left that, that restaurant with him, uh, I, it was, it was a foregone conclusion. I was going to come home and start really putting all my steam behind not safe for work comics. You know, what's funny is if you, in the world of not safe for work comics, if you were to name the, the top ones, the big ones, the ones that come to mind for me, they all share the qualities that you just described. They're, mm -hmm. they're fun. They're funny. They're happy or they're, or sex is a part of them, but it's just normal world 
stuff, right? I, I yeah. think, I mean, I immediately, when you say funny and, and, and sexy, I immediately think of uh, Ogloff. Yeah. Uh, that comes to mind, right? Uh, what's the, what's the rock and roll one that, hold on. You're going to have to edit this. Sorry. Enjoy. I don't follow a lot of these. <laughs> what well, you know, well, cause what's, <clears throat> what's interesting to me is that rock Cox <laughs> rock Cox. Wow. It's about a band. Well, it's very good. It's about a band, uh, on the road and just being a band on the road. And there just happens to be a lot of sex in it. What's funny to me is uh, I know one of the reasons why I was so encouraging for Brad to try it is because I knew that he would be coming at it from a very unique angle. And I know that Brad and I grew up um, being able to to j- sincerely make the claim that we read Playboy for more than the naked pictures because we were <laughs> yeah. we were obsessed with the uh the comics uh inside yeah. of playboy those those comics were are unparalleled in execution and media used and um a lot of them are i mean if you think about the original art behind some of those one panel playboy cartoons they were probably very large paintings done oh, by yeah. guys like Dean Yeagle and all those guys Doug and uh, well, I was going to say, isn't Yeagle someone that you've always kind of aspired to, Brad? <laughs> yeah, in a certain way, yes. <laughs> Until yeah. you I'm, met him. Not, not oh. including that time that we were yelling at each other on the floor of San Diego Comic-Con and but, wanted but, each other dead. Well, Aside I mean, I that, mean, <laughs> I mean, artistically, like not yes, not absolutely. as a person. Yeah. But, but here's but something the, that I really want to talk about, because once I started doing Not Safe for Work, all of a sudden you've got to really think about what you're putting into the world, right? And that's where I started to see Playboy cartoons in a completely different light, because you're right, they're executed beautifully, and a lot of the humor still hits home. Here's a problem. If you start paging through Playboy cartoons, you'll see an awful lot of comics in which the woman is either topless or completely naked. And the man is dressed or right. he's, he's under the sheet dressed. He's something he's got something covering his uh, his penis. Yeah, he's either got the quilt over him or he's got a fern or something. And when one person in a scene is dressed and the other one is undressed, just like Jerry Seinfeld told us in that routine about having no pants at the doctors, there's a power imbalance when one person is dressed and the other one is not. And I started keying into this. And, uh, and, and I'm like, that's not right. There's, there's something that's not right about that situation when she's naked and, and you can't even show his, uh, his penis. And so what, what, so that also started to, uh, direct a lot of what I did because it also became, uh, and all of us are, are kind of around the same age. We, we all see, even in media today, we see if we're there's going to be nudity on Game of Thrones, for example, we're most likely to see a woman's breasts. The next most likely thing we're uh, going to see is her butt. Yeah. Then the next one might be a man's butt. A man's After ass. That, it's going to be yeah. uh, a woman's vulva. You will almost never see a man's vulva. penis. And if you <laughs> do, vulva, not vagina, vulva. Yep. Get, <laughs> yeah, I you guys, understand. Listen. He understands anatomy better than either of us now. Oh, I've, 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 I've had to learn. So much time. 
<laughs> I've had to learn. But there's uh, also I, a problem mm-hmm. with that in the, in that you never see a guy's penis. You see breasts all the time. But but what is it that's so scary or so sacred or well, so is it, it, what? Why is that? In, and in, I don't I'll, I'll like tell that you why. power imbalance. Go ahead. I'll tell you why. And it and it and it. I'm not saying that it doesn't stem from the same origin of of a power imbalance, and it is definitely a double standard. But if you're making a play, if you're making a Playboy cartoon, or you're making a TV show like Game of Thrones, you are adherent to publishing censorship rules and broadcasting censorship rules. And I'm sure the origins of this are very sexist, but the rules probably state that once a penis shows up, it's pornography. Yeah, uh, you know that might be yeah. true. No, I, I'm. And I'm even, telling you, even if you oh. see softcore, like back when Cinemax was a thing, right? Even you saw if you saw softcore, if you saw a penis, it was never erect. It was always flaccid. It's like, yeah, what are minute, we scared of? <laughs> what are I mean, have you, have you seen penises, Brad? <laughs> There's a lot to be scared of down there. What's really funny is, um, uh, when Brad started doing not safe for work comics. You know, we have a, a lot in my family. There's a lot of Geiger fans. And so when I told, you know, my dad, my brother uh, about it, I was like, oh, I'm really excited for Brad because he started doing this not safe for work version of his strip. And my gosh, it's going off like gangbusters. And what a relief for him. And he's finally, you know, done something that is not only something that he loves because it's got for him, it's got these roots in that classic playboy you know fun uh um playful you know sexy kind of of origin but it's doing Mm -hmm. well it's got a lot of traction his fans love it he loves it like you know finally brad has you know got something that's and and both my dad and my brother both gave me the one eyebrow raise like what like really he's doing that (laughs) and i'm like guys it's fucking brad like it's when you, if you had to pick a word for his pornography, it's going to be saucy, you know, like you <laughs> read mean, courting, you read courting disaster. This is before and, you read it. Right. And then, um, <laughs> Brad's like, can I send you some books? I printed books. And I'm like, fuck yes, you can send me books. Yeah. And I got to page three and Brian and I were like, Whoa. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, no, I can't. I can't read this. I feel like I've I'm look I'm staying at his house. I'm looking for the bathroom and I opened his marital bedroom door. <laughs> and Brian said <laughs> and Brian said uh well I was out at the first cock ring that Brad drew. <laughs> and Where I'm like the- right? So like it's not the cock ring cuz normally be like cock ring what's on the next page. But it was like <laughs> what you see that and you go <gasps> Brad knows about cock rings. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my whole image just gets exploded at that point. Do you think he's used one? <laughs> Much less as a collection. What are we gonna do? Brian's like, I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> and he's like, close the book. Um, and hand it to me and go away, please. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing. 
Yeah. Because if you talk like, like, okay, uh, uh, clearly, you know, this is something that, uh, that took root and, and grew. And the more that I went down this road and started talking to people, other creators and so forth, if you pick up, you see a woman carrying a romance novel down mm. to the beach, mm-hmm. right? You ever pick one of those things up and page through them? Oh, uh, there. Do you mm, know? Yeah, buddy. You know the excellent, and I mean, I've become a real fan of romance writers. Do you know the excellent smut that's going on in your garden variety romance novel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's, Listen, that's a little bit you're more talking to the uh, guy, acceptable socially. You're talking to the guy that joined his wife at the theatrical premiere of the pilot episode of Outlander. And it was Angie, <laughs> me, and a theater full of women. Yeah. And within 20 minutes, the main character's husband is going down on her in a Scottish castle. Yep. The theater is dead quiet. And I go, hey, <laughs> <laughs> When True Blood came a tv show i wanted to read the books and i read all the sookie stackhouse mm-hmm. novels and uh they're all the same it's the same stuff yeah. that's the that's the new romance novel is these urban supernatural uh fuck books i love it oh yeah yeah my my wife uh, goes through them uh, to the tune of a, a couple dozen a week or a couple dozen a month it seems you know she's a voracious reader and uh she's she's turned me on to all of this stuff Brad, I have a question for you about about your yeah. pornographic uh, uh, art, art specifically. That because the writing is there, I've read it. Yeah, you know, but the thing I think the thing that sets apart prose from from uh, you know graphic novels from visuals is the visual, right? That's yeah. the thing that freaks everybody out. You can write whatever you want. And people go, oh, well, that's that's written. But as soon as you draw yeah. it, as soon as there's a graphic yeah. representation of it, everybody loses their shit. Um, I had I went and I was trying to find it while you guys were talking and I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm sad about this, but I had read a, an article talking about the male gaze, particularly when it came to pinup art, pinup uh, mm-hmm. artists like the old kind of the old Vargas stuff. Right. And how there's this there's a very specific way in which the really good pinup art. And I'm I'm sure this is true with pornographic art as well, uh, you know, in in comics and that kind of stuff, smut, if you will. That if the the classic pose of like the woman bending over and you see up her skirt a little bit, right? If yeah, she has an expression of like shock or like whatever, it's very male gazey. That's bad. Mm-hmm. That's super bad. And I get that, but there's yep. a way to do it in which she's fully aware of what's happening. And the, the classic ones, there's a Vargas print where there's a, a, a woman leaning over and she's looking in the mirror at the viewer like, you see right. that, huh? And yep. and it's and that and it's so much more. Uh, it's so much sexier too to have that yes. thing. But I, I want to know uh, for you, is that did you know that going in? Did you study some of this kind of stuff when you started or was this something that you kind of stumbled your way through? Because I've only learned about this stuff from reading a lot of. Uh, of uh, what it's smut. I guess it's uh, that's the terminology right now for I, comic I like for, for comic smut. pornography is I like smut. The word yeah, smut a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll usually like if I'm on social media, I'll say NSFW because that's kind of like the very polite way 
mm-hmm. uh, of saying the same thing. But I, I also like smut an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's what a fun word to was, say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's got that nice short U. Uh, so what happened was. <laughs> What? What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that nice it's short very view. <laughs> it does. Any word with a K and it's funny. Pickle. That's funny. <laughs> Love that U. That short U. It's got to be a short U and have a oh. K. <laughs> That's what makes a lot of those guttural worlds. Fuck, suck, smut. That short U. It's just bang yeah. right there in your face. It's a great I word. made a career out of the word knuckle fucker. <laughs> <laughs> short u's and k's so I'll, I'll tell you a what story was your that question kind of bring Corey, you around to this Harry Cole what the fuck's your name <laughs> just yeah, call me so curry the- put a put a short u in it and then it's funnier <laughs> get that short u so when I when I first so this was this might have been my first or my second evil link after dark story uh the first thing, once I decide I'm doing stories, the first thing I want to do is go through all of those supervillain tropes and put them into an adult context because there's a lot of stuff that you can have fun with, right? Yeah. And one of the first ones I do is uh, the hypno glasses, right? So this guy makes hypno glasses. And of course, the first thing he does is he sees if he can use them on the uh, lady that's coming to collect the rent. And I've got a whole page of buildup, right? Now, in, and, and the page goes up on Patreon, and this is where I really think I've got probably some of the best readers in in comics. Somebody, not in an accusational way, but sent me a private message, said, hey, I got a question. If she gets hypnotized and what's going to happen next obviously happens next, can she consent? Mm-hmm. And much to my shame, I hadn't thought of that because... I'm a typical privileged <laughs> white male dummy. This is, this is your first. Is this your single. first not safe for work? This is one of one of your first things. One right? of the first. If it's yeah. not the first, it's the second. I mean, it's very, very early. And 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 I and I hadn't I hadn't thought this all the way through. And I'm like, oh shit! You know what? She can't. She can't consent in a hypnotic situation. So yeah. I, I I obviously rewrote what was you know and 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 found a way to kind of uh, thread the needle with it and 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 make it into a consensual situation, but the good thing about that is that once that happened, I once you're 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 kind of like oh I got to be careful or else I could put something into the world that I'm really not proud of, uh, and and I'll I'll tell you and and it and it, it it causes eyebrows raising every time I say it uh, uh, the the after dark stuff some of the best work I've ever done hands down. No comparison. Some of the best comics I've ever done is after. I I, I sent uh, the first book to the Eisner Awards. I knew it mm. wasn't going to get an Eisner yeah, Award. Yeah, but who cares? But this was, this is everything from the lettering, the composition, the, the writing, my best stuff, hands down. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I I started looking at this, and this is what it brings to this whole gaze uh, issue that uh, Corey's talking about. When you're drawing somebody who's in the throes of uh, of sexual excitement, and, and you see this in European comics a lot. You you take a look at European smut. There's a lot of people who look like they're in pain, tears running down their face sometimes. Right? They look. There's a lot of pain in European smut. 
And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like it when my characters look like they're not enjoying themselves. I hmm. want, I want everybody that comes into a scene to come in willingly and to have a good time and leave with a smile on their face. So it it affected the way I drew orgasm faces because I never want there to be any at uh, any question right. whether. Uh, there's this person's having fun. So there's a lot of smiling orgasms <laughs> or, and you'll see a lot of times, even when somebody has their mouth open, like that, that big, Oh wow, this is a big moment. There's still a smile on this, on the sides uh, of the face or, or just a little bit to let you know that uh, everybody's having a good time. And that right. thing about contact, Corey, hundred percent where you put the eyes in a, in a scene like that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, the thing I, because as you're communicating a lot in a very simple image, the thing I love about what you just said, Brad, is that you kept bringing it back to uh, what I what, you know, the content that I put out into the world. And I think yeah. that that's part of why you're producing your best stuff right now is because you're spending probably more time than you've ever spent thinking about the content that you're putting out. Sometimes when you're writing a, a a gag strip or whatever, you're just trying to get to the punchline. You're like, I just yeah. got to get to the gag. How do I get to the gag? Whereas with this smut that you're making, there's so there's a lot you got to think about. And not just and yeah. what I love too is you didn't say very specifically, you didn't say, I don't want to offend anyone. Right. And that's interesting to me because I think that a lot of artists, not just who are doing this kind of stuff, but are doing anything, especially today are going to pause and go, is this going to make anybody mad? Right. And, yeah. and then they're going to, they're going to stop and thinking about it. Whereas you're saying, would I, do I want this to be put out in the world? Am I going to enjoy what this is going to put out in the world? Is this going to bring a net positive to, so you're like, it's the same question, but framed differently. Right. Well, that's why that's a big, so when you start to go down this road, the first question I, I get asked this all the time from people, uh, should I come up with a pen name? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a serious consideration, especially, you know, I've got two kids. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not anonymous when I'm yeah, doing this. Yeah. I'm not hiding behind a pen name. And uh, part of it was like, listen, this is going to be an offshoot of evil ink. I can't, I can't say, Oh, you know, here's, here's this <laughs> other guy, Joe, you know, whatever. He's going to be grand doing after dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's this other guy just happens to draw just like me uh, for for whatever that's worth uh it wasn't gonna work but my putting my name on it by saying this is my work this is me for all intents and purposes uh it all it makes you think about that kind of stuff it makes you think do i want to put something what am i putting into the world uh, and, and as odd as that probably sounds to some person that I, I, I think that this is something good that I put out into the world. That is the truth because there's also a, a point in there, uh, when my kids, uh, of course, at, at, there was a certain point when their, their friends, uh, brought up Google image searches on the <laughs> iPhone and, but it was an excellent opportunity to have a conversation of, well, here's the deal. Sex is natural. Sex is normal. There's nothing wrong with sex. I would and 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 sex is natural and sex is good. Not everybody does it, <laughs> but everybody should. But everybody should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, here's the deal, though. I was raised Catholic. I oh. didn't have that conversation 
with my parents. I didn't have, I, right. I still couldn't have that conversation at 51, 52 years old. I can't have that conversation with my parents. We'll send them um, the podcast. But, Don't worry. We'll get them a link. My kids, in, in, since then, since, and opening that conversation and saying that, uh, and, and, and there was also another part where I said, listen, here's a deal. How come it would be so much more acceptable if I did a comic where somebody comes up with a sword and cuts somebody's nose off and punches them in the face and then shoots a gun at somebody else? How come that's acceptable, but somebody coming up and kissing somebody under the certain circumstances, that's not acceptable? There's something wrong with a society where it's okay to draw violence, but it's not okay to draw uh, sex, true sex, consensual sex. When I was uh, at when I was at Oni doing marketing, I used to have I used to have a saying because artists would ask me this question when we were trying to promote their books. Well, yeah. I, I don't understand why we can't promote it to this place and that place. And I would say, it, in a comic, you can cut off someone's head and shit down their neck, but if you show right. a tit, I can't sell it to anybody. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, do you it. Can cut off it, a nipple, but you can't kiss it. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. You can cut off a breast, but you can't show it. You can't show the breast. You can show the breast being cut off. And then you can sell that. (laughs) You can sell it to the school library. But as soon as you show that nipple. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, so man. so that was that was so that's kind of once you start doing this, then those are the conversations you start to have with yourself. <laughs> about, about, and, and I've I've changed expressions so many times because it just wasn't right. It just wasn't. So, right. So, Brad, do you I know that early on in the age of web comics, mm-hmm. kind of the first people to bloody their nose busting through the wall of of not safe for work stuff like Josh Lesnick and all that. They had a lot of problem with platforms waking up one day and deciding, well, you can't be a part of this platform because what you're doing is not safe for work or, you know, it's, it's pornographic. Are you, have you encountered that at all with modern day uh, platforms? <laughs> so far, let me find some wood to knock on. Uh, so far, no, and 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 that's where we need to talk about Patreon. Patreon immediately started uh, uh, doing. Uh, they started. Uh, it became a, a situation very early in Patreon's uh, formation years where it would have been very easy to cut not safe for work out because it would have made all of their credit card transactions. 10,000 times smoother. Right. right? Because that ultimately that's what it comes down to with these, yes. with these companies is it's not about yes. the, the platform itself having any kind of moral clause. It's about the fact that if they can't process a credit card, there are a handful of companies that control all credit card payments in the world. And mm-hmm. if, and if, and some of them don't like porn and if you can't process a credit card, if you're a website who can't process a credit card, that's it. It's over. It's not that they don't like porn. They don't like the transactional uh, habits that come with it because here's what happens. Somebody signs up for Brazzers, right? A porn site. That's a mm-hmm. subscription site. It shows up on their credit card bill and then the person's uh, partner sees the bill and says, what's this uh, subscription to Brazzers? And the person says, I don't know. Yeah, that yeah. must be Stolen Fraud. credit card. Yeah. Let's call the company. There. Let's get this and reversed. Then they call the credit card company. The credit card company, because it's easier, always sides with the customer, says, yeah. well, that yeah. is fraud. And then they enact a chargeback 
to the company that took the money, wow. in this case, Brazzers. That's and and then, but the credit card, in order to do all of this stuff, is a lot. It costs money because time is money, and to do all that transaction is money. It costs credit card companies extra money to do all those chargebacks. That's why they don't like adult sites and adult content because of those situations where I had never thought of that. That's crazy. And that's, and that's another reason that I, I, and and again, being raised Catholic, it was, it's tough for me to sit here and talk (laughs) about porn and smut, but here's the deal. The whole, because we've got all this shame, uh, about sex, the one thing that truly we can all agree on is sex is good. Yeah. The one thing that that nobody disputes it, it's 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 the top driver of technology is sex. We wouldn't have the internet without sex. Uh, we've got so much shame built up around it, and and this is one of the permutations. Now you've got credit card companies that have problems with it. Patreon could have cut not safe for work creators loose, just like Tumblr did. Uh, and, and made their lives so much easier. Ko-Fi or coffee, whatever that is, that other one, cut adult creators loose. Did they, did they? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Early, early in their progression. Wow. Patreon, Patre- what Patreon did was they said, okay, here's the deal. You, there, there's some do's and don'ts. You can't ha- have minors. You can't have somebody that looks like a minor, which right. in a comic can be a little bit dicey. Truly. It, it sure. can be a tough yeah. Yeah. line to draw. Can't have animals. No shit. Can't have non-consent. Well, you know, again, that brings in situations like is hypnotism consent? But it says, listen, you can't do these things. Aside from that, they stand by not safe for work creators. And have for years when it would have been easy every time. There's been so many times when it would, it would have been easier for them to cut us loose. They stood by us instead. That's why wow. I am going to be a Patreon guy from from today until the day it, so it, it all comes say, Are you to getting an a end. check for this pitch or no? No, no but listen, today listen, until the day that policy just... changes. <laughs> yes, then I'll then I'll come back and tell you that they're all assholes. But <laughs> until then, I'm now. I there are I do have uh, backup plans. Uh, like my site right now is set up so that you can use your Patreon login to see special areas of the Evelink website. If I had to, I could change that over to subscription and use a uh, a, a, a credit card transactor that handles adult content. I, I there's ways and and there are things that I could do. I I can change in any number of ways if if the, if, if Patreon finally comes to an end. Uh, I can do that. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to yet because <laughs> yeah. I like the way things are right now a lot better. But uh, but no, so far. Uh, I've been very lucky. I'm careful about what I put out on social media. I'm careful about what I, I uh, how I interact on Patreon. Uh, and uh, so far, it's been a very, very good thing for me. I, I have a question for you similar to, to Scott's question, Brad, because he had asked you spe- specifically about the, the platforms and yeah. it, issues getting on those platforms. I want to know about... Uh, getting into that, you know, industry for lack of a better terminology, you had, you know, Scott had said people had bloodied their nose, you know, breaking down the wall for those platforms. Plenty of people before you had bloodied their nose, breaking the wall of just doing smut in comics in general. Yeah. Did you look back at any of those people and their work? And did you meet any of them? Were, like some of your predecessors? 
Aside from Phil Folio, not so much. Like I, I had that that one, like you know, long conversation with Phil uh, in, in New York. Uh, but other than that, like I was, I was never a subscriber. To, I think I subscribed to Slipshine for a, a couple months, where I just kind of uh, went through and, and looked at everything that they were doing. Uh, there's another one called Filthy Figments uh, that uh, is done primarily by uh, people that identify as women. Uh, and, and that's quite good. Uh, but I don't, I don't have a lot of back and forth, uh, with them either. And, and since, so no, when I was going into this, I didn't do a whole lot of that. Now, since I've been doing this for a while, I keep tabs on a lot, uh, more not safe for work creators and, and shoot emails back and forth and so mm-hmm, forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, when I, when I was first starting out, I didn't do a whole lot of that. I was, I was mainly... Uh, much more uh, focused inward at that point. I was yeah. much more kind of paying attention to what this meant for me. Brad, don't you find um, most of the shit that's out there boring as fuck? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> this is, I, that, this that, is that, a, honestly, I was going to ask this question too because I I love erotic comics. It's so unoriginal. They're, it's they're all this bullshit anime. So boring. I don't give a shit. Yeah. There's a then when you come there's, across there's something there. like Olgoff, you're like, oh, thank Christ. Yeah. Well, that's because uh, the mechanics of sex at the end of the day are, are somewhat limited, right? Yeah. You've only got so many positions. You've only got so many different combinations. That, and, and what most uh, erotic comics focus on is the mechanics of sex. Hey, look, yeah. these two people are having yeah. sex. Yeah. This is the, the way the one person's body is. That's the way the other person's body yes. is. And now we're going to watch them go at it. The problem with that is, is that that's not sexy. The, the, what the sexy part is what got those people into the room in the first place, right? That's well, also, that's but it's really, just not, it's just not, I, I don't know. It's just not clever at all. Um, can we make recommendations for comics that, for good, good smut comics? Go ahead. Mm. Have you guys read Alfie? Yes. A big fan by, by, I don't know the artist name. They go by in case I N C A S E. Yep. I think yep. I they actually think the website is buttsmithy.com. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. Scott, you want to talk about a comic where people have sex, but that is not what the comic is about. This is a this is a whole humongous fantasy world with uh, amazing art and characters who have uh, uh, interests and intentions and goals and all this stuff who also just the, it's just the sexual part of it is just in there. So, yeah, characters are having sex. That's fine. But I mean, they're on page. I'm going to I'm going to go to it. It is buttsmithy.com. It is. It's buttsmithy.com. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like. They're on page 1008, 1009 yeah. of this story. And these pages are really good. Oh, uh, I have seen this. Incredible, incredible pages. Incredible yeah. artists. Yeah, I've seen this before. But they yeah. see, and and that's also, <laughs> it's very good. Way that, uh, that, that what makes it sexy is what pe- bring people into the room. I yep. can also tell you this, nine chances out of 10 when I'm drawing uh, a full-on sex scene, the thing that makes it sexy isn't isn't the 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 genitals. It's the way somebody's hand uh, touches the other person's cheek. 
It's it's the eye contact between the two people. It's it's the it's the position that kind of shows that one uh, of them is supporting the other uh, right along their belly or something like that. Those things, those little touches make something completely erotic. And it's got nothing to do with uh, dick and vagina. It's got everything to do with touch and like a connection. God, there is such a fucking tropey language to all these stupid anime. <laughs> it's always the dick <laughs> popping out going, what's this? My, that's you. It's like the anime yeah. version of, yeah, I'm here with your pizza. I didn't order a pizza. <laughs> uh, well, I'll bring up. The, I'll bring up. Uh, I've got the, a sausage pizza for you. I'll bring up the Rock Cox again. I would say check uh-huh. that out. I I really like that comic. I again, I'm having trouble, and this is interesting to me too. I'm having trouble finding the creators' names on any of this stuff, and that's well, interesting one to that's me. Called, I believe it's called, and 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 uh, edit this out so I sound much more smart than I am. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there one called bloodstone and the person's last name is is difficult for me to pronounce like steven sedjek and linda sedjek oh yeah i know uh, elsa bloodstone right yeah isn't it called bloodstone i don't know no i don't wait no, i'm looking at no i don't know this elsa is different bloodstone. this is different that's a, that's a different thing. I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to scroll through Twitter. I don't think it's called until Bloodstone. Until they show up because they, uh, they post quite often. Rock Cox is by Brad and Leslie Brown. I've, so that did my research there. I, I like that I, comic. <laughs> I like Alfie by In Case. Uh, Ogloff, obviously. Though I don't know. Does that comic update anymore? It might not. It might be done. Oh, yeah. In fact, oh, they it does? just had oh, a Kickstarter. I, I, you could get all three of their books uh, just recently, and they're they're still doing just amazing stuff. Well, that's, before we get to uh, before we get to what Corey's been doing for the last three years, I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to talk to Brad about one more thing. Um, uh, so we had discussed. God, time has no meaning anymore. So I don't even remember when this was. It was could have been at least a year ago. But uh, your oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, Alex had expressed an interest in doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And you had even talked to me about some of his material and we had, we were really impressed with how funny it was. Uh, and then life got real busy and a lot of time passed. And I said to you one day recently, Hey, did, did has Alex continued to pursue comedy? Cause he was so funny. And you said, no, he doesn't want to go into any, uh, creative field anymore uh, because he saw uh, my struggles with it. He doesn't want to have to deal with that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to talk to you about that because that kind of punched me in the stomach. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine that was nothing compared to tell, can, talk to us about that a little bit. He's uh, well, both of my sons are very, very bright and 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 dazzling in, in different ways. Alex had a really early uh, affinity for writing and writing funny. and he can he can find the joke in a situation and then and then he can also phrase it in such a way mm-hmm. that it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, he's a great, he's a fantastic writer and and it's getting him through school. He can take a class that he's not doing so well at, but if they have an essay question, 
He'll burn through it and and write an amazing essay because he can write so well. Uh, (laughs) And even if he's not doing great in the subject, he can write his way through it. Uh, And so I've I've kind of encouraged him and and everything you said was right. Yeah, there was times that he talked about stand up and stuff like that. And I I, I came to him one time and I said, why aren't you thinking about this anymore? Why? How come I never hear you talk about writing? And he said, oh, I don't, I, I, he said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do what you did. I don't want to go through that. <laughs> I don't want to, wow. I don't want to do wow. that. And, and part of it is also, uh, I'll give you an example. He plays uh, Ultimate Frisbee, which is uh, kind of like a, 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 a oh, yeah. football equivalent yeah, oh, yeah. of yeah. Frisbee, right? You've got to get it. Yeah. Played in college. Yeah, He's, yeah. This kid is, is, is thin. He's six foot two and he's fast as lightning. He's your eight. son is six foot two. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. What yeah. did you feed him? That kid. He's got excellent. I don't know what happened. Everything. Oh, <laughs> that kid. <laughs> you feed him, you feed him whatever he wants. That's, hide, when they're six I two, you just food. give him food. I hide food from him. I, I had Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to have a donut in the morning. I hid the donut in the dryer because it was the only place I could think of that he wasn't going to forage overnight. All night long, I hear sounds in my house because they're up all night because who's got to go to school in the morning? Uh, yeah, I, I, I had donuts in the dryer a couple weeks ago because oh I wanted God. my fucking donut. But uh, but uh, so he is um, he, he, he is he's got the body for a world-class athlete. All right. He doesn't have an aggressive bone in his body. He, he is not that kind of person that you've got to kind of be to play some of these sports that kind of, that's my ball. Give me my ball. Yeah. I'm taking my ball. He's not like that. <laughs> and in the same way, he saw how I had to really not, not only the uh, artistic part of it, the creative part, but the part where I really had to fight every day that I had to compete every day to kind of build this thing. Uh, that that is so far away from what he wants out of life, and and you know he'll probably uh, live a, a wonderful life because of it, <laughs> you know, because uh, he's he's much more laid back. But he 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 yeah. just did not want any part of that. And and I I told him I I've come back since our conversation, Scott. I went back to him out of curiosity, and I said yeah. I, I said, did I frighten you away from this? Because I, I I I think you could be an excellent writer, and I I I I want to talk to you about this. I don't want you to be frightened away from it. And he says, no no, I understand it. I, I understand it a lot better now than than even I did then. Uh, but he says it's just it's not for me that that, that okay. whole thing where I it's a, write it is a lifestyle. It's a certain kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and and it's just it's not his personality. Hey everyone, it's Scott. This is the first of two return episodes where we catch up with our hosts, find out what's been going on for the last three years. In this episode, we focused a lot on what Brad's been doing. Next episode, we'll uh, catch up with Corey. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, 
as well as outtakes and other special features, please consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and sign up there. If you like what you heard, let a friend know about us. And if you leave a five star review, we might even read it on our next show. Surviving Creativity is a Toonhound Studios production. Our associate producers are Todd Shoemaker, Ryan King, K.R. Hinton, Jonathan Small, Ray Fisher, John Sanford, Dale Richardson, Bob Glasscock, and Chris Beverwick. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Surviving Creativity.